When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined this week with Dave Watson on the phone. Hi, Dave. Hello, Paul. There's no Fergus this week. He is in the Ukraine filming an oh, advert. Has he, has he turned to the dark side? He has. He's a Ukrainian now. Oh, shit. I mean, is he going to be hacking our phones and interrupting our elections and stuff like that? Well, he's only just stopped being Canadian. I know, but that, that, that's like slipping between the angel and the devil, really, isn't it? Because Canadians, by and large, all of the ones I've met and going off that TV show from the 90s called Two South, yeah. they all seem really lovely, whereas Ukrainians... Were well, they bad guys and Bond villains? Maybe Fergus is a Bond villain now. We'll wow. find out next time. I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> right, it's been a while. Sorry we didn't do one last week, but the only time we could record is when we were playing. And it would have been yeah. missing one of our many recent games that involved, I think it's fair to say, Dave, shit performances and late goals. It's on... Like, I, there's the old adage, I'd rather be lucky than good. And Steve Bruce is putting that to the fucking test <laughs> because we we deserve... I think, I think it's fair to say against Chelsea that had it ended nil-nil, people would have said, oh, you know what, uh, that was uh, backs against the wall, uh, all-heart defensive performance. Newcastle didn't offer very much in attack apart from that chance that um, Joe Linton struck off the bar early doors. But aside from that... We never really looked like scoring. And then, like, 94th minute, uh, we get the first corner of the game, our first corner of the game, and how it happened, I don't... Because even, even Isaac Hayden... So, basically, the, the cross came in from Richie, and it was shit, and it was headed away, and it was like, ah, oh, well, a point, that's decent. And then Maximin puts in... A really good cross. Yeah. But even Hayden says, like, I have no idea what part of my body got on on the end of that. Like, I just threw myself at it. The lucky part. The lucky part. And everybody in the ground was celebrating how lucky and fortunate we were, apart from one man. Uh, He was the chap who got a flagpole in the spot. I'd completely (laughs) forgotten about that. That was the highlight of the match, possibly highlight of the season. I swear we've done a podcast where we discussed, um, A, the likelihood of somebody getting hit by a flagpole booted by Matt Ritchie, yeah. and B, whether or not we would accept that 
um, being the guy who consistently gets one in the nads from Matt Ritchie if it meant we win one game. And I think you said you'd be happy if it was like one testicle, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be okay if both of them got hit every time. Good memory um, if that's true. I think that's the case. I might be wrong. Wow. But it was I mean the Chelsea game, we we were full full on park the bus. There was yeah, no to attacking be fair in though, there wasn't it wasn't like Dubravka was making a string of amazing saves either. We kept Chelsea pretty much at bay. Oh yeah, they only had four shots on target, I think. Um, so no, it wasn't something that we needed to. You know, it was like I say, a nil-nil would have been a fair result, I think, because of their profligacy and yeah. our just disinterest in attacking. Yeah, after we scored, it wasn't a feeling of like. That's an amazing hard-fought one. It was a bit like we've we've got away with that one, and yeah, nothing and nothing that lucky can happen again. And then no. we had Everton away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think we were talking on WhatsApp at the time, and my my stream died about the eighty ninth minute, eighty eighth, eighty ninth minute. And at that stage, uh, Everton were in total control. Um, I'll be honest; I stopped watching after seventy minutes. Because I had a dodgy throat and I wanted a bath. Was it around about the time that um, at two nil down, um, Steve Bruce took off uh, Joe Linton and replaced him with Fabian Shah? I think it probably was around that time, but that wasn't the reason. To be honest, <laughs> at the moment, taking Joe Linton off and replacing him with anyone I class as an attacking upgrade substitution. But what I didn't understand, and you know, maybe it, I think it transpired that a little bit of um, experimental jazz approach to your team selection and team substitutions. It transpired that it worked. But if you've got a young striker on the bench, who in Tom Allen, who is, um, who you know, he just give him give him an opportunity you're two nil down away from home your opposition's in total control at the very least the young kid will try hard we didn't need him though i think bruce has shown a tactical masterclass because he realizes strikers don't score you goals anymore defenders do well, the only defender <laughs> of ours who doesn't score goals is florian lejeune so mm-hmm. of course he came up with a brace in injury time it was it was mad I don't. It, um, you sorry, couldn't. I was, if you did yeah. that in a football film, it would be too unbelievable. Yeah, if that was in goal four, people would say, "Now, now you're stretching the, the, you know, we can't, we can't extend that our belief that far." Yeah, it felt but, like a game that was being retold by a six-year-old. <laughs> and then I came and then, on, and then and I then, scored, and, and then, then I came on, and scored again. <laughs> it's it, it's. And again, this was another game where it was no attacking intent. No. Um, the, I mean, I, I, I try and defend Joe Linton. I try and say Have that go. He's, he's being played in the wrong position, in the wrong role. Um, I think it still holds a little water, um, but there does come a point where you say, right, well, you, yes, you're being played in the wrong position, in the wrong role. But you still got to put in a shift. You still got to, when the ball does come to you, your touch, your second touch can't be a tackle. You know, you've got to be, you've got to do do your basics right, 
And even if you are not getting the opportunities because you're not being played in the right position and you're not, you know, you're totally isolated, you've still got to do your job. Like Matt Ritchie has consistently played out of position at left wing back and he's a right winger by trade. So if he can do a job there and, you know, he's not a Premier League left wing back, but he does the basics. He knows, like, I know I've got to get forward and support this player or I know I've got to stay back or I know I've got just... Or just, I know I have to volley this metal pin into a man's (laughs) bollocks. He knows what he's doing and he does it. Yeah, and you look across that, um, across the back line, when everybody's fit, uh, I think you've got a decent argument for, we've got a really strong defensive base there with any of the three centre, any of the what, five, six and a half that we've got, any three of those. Um, I, I don't look at the, the team sheet and go, oh, shit, Clark's in. I, I go, Lascelles, Lejeune, Cher, Fernandez, uh, Clark, all of them are Premier League centre-backs. Yeah, all any three from those five you'd be happy with. Yeah, and Manquillo... He's actually played okay this season and he was doing well until he got injured. Yedlin has still got positional problems, but his his attacking, you know, his, his ability to drag the, the play further up and as an outlet for the break is, is brilliant. Willems has been an absolute revelation and it well, is a he's, crying shame. Yeah, he's no longer with us, is he? He's not dead. He's just gone back to his club. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd love to see him, see that... Um, Move made permanent. I think he's a he's a top. Like he is a Premier League fullback. Yeah. He seems to give a crap, um, which is always nice. Uh, he's yeah, I, I, I rate him. But to lose him and Dummett for the season has left us in in the familiar position of not having a left back at the club, um, and we'll we'll have to be playing Richie out of position again. Yeah, um, and possibly, I mean, maybe this is a good time to move on to signings because we've signed two players, uh, Bentaleb mm-hmm. and I obviously can remember the name of the other one, but I, I think I should ask <laughs> you just to make sure you're across it as well. Yeah, it's Valentino Lazaro. Yeah, thought it was. <laughs> but he can play left wing back as well, can't he? Or is he more of just a winger? Mm. I think he can, but like you say, I don't think that's his preferred position. I think he can play left and back in the same way that Kennedy could. Badly. Oh, yes. I mean, we'll see. I've never seen him play. Seems highly rated, um, apart from his manager, who Conte, I think it is, who um, signed him and then has released him on loan six months later, so... Yeah, it does seem an odd one. Bentaleb seems to have been loaned out just because of disciplinary problems. But then, from what I've read, that's more down to his manager than his attitude, necessarily. Well, it's hard to tell because if if you're if you're the person who has got a problem with somebody's attitude and you're trying to farm them out on loan, you don't want to say, I'm getting rid of him because he's a pain in the arse, he doesn't listen to instructions, you can't manage this kid. And if you're the, the kid going out on loan, you want to say, look, I admit I've had some problems in the past, but it's taught me a lot of things and I've worked really hard for the reserves and you'll see 
you'll see. I'll show you all. It's just you're not. We're not going to find out if he's got a discipline problem until he plays a bunch of games for us. So yeah. far, he's only played the one. I think with that sort of indiscipline, though, it's less about. It's more about attitude, and I, I think that's less of a problem under Steve Bruce because he seems a much better man manager in the way Robson was compared to Sunes, where he just wouldn't tolerate anything from Bellamy or other players. It was just zero tolerance and you're out. Bruce doesn't strike me as that kind of man-manager. No, but then Bruce couldn't get a tune out of Hatem Ben Arthur, who, Men- by the way, has a new club. Yeah, I saw. Valladolid, which apparently is um, part-owned by original and the better Ronaldo. Yeah. Well done not calling that. him fat Ronaldo. Oh, that's what the kids do because they don't... You know, yeah. Actually, I'm sure I've called him Fat Ronaldo in the past, but that's when I was trying to be cool with the kids. Um, no, uh, to talk about Bentaleb, I think it's uh, it's an interesting signing because I think it, when we traditionally play with two centre midfielders, uh, Hayden in that defensive destructive role and uh, a long staff, normally Sean or John Joe Shelby ahead of him. This additional. This addition of Bentaleb, who can play as a, a more attacking role, but is is probably better at, at that like defensive, destructive role. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they play, how how, how Bruce intends to play with them, because it could yeah. mean a, a shuffle of the pack, and maybe we switch to to two centre halves, and we give that a go. And we did get an early glimpse. Of him in a Newcastle shirt in the the sellout home game against Oxford at the weekend. Mm. Did you, see Did you it? manage to watch this game? I saw some of it. Yeah, my stream was pretty poor, but I watched pretty much all of it. I I can't make a defence for any of the players that took the field that day. They, they were all to well, a man. I, I would say actually, what's his name, Darlow had a good game I mean he was alright but then the, the the shots that came in they weren't he wasn't being peppered by shots and, and commanding like he he had a, an okay game but he wasn't superb he didn't like keep us in it he did he just, what he needed to though yeah he, he, I mean yeah I don't think another keeper would have had a a significantly better game no no that that's fair but then I don't think he had a my, my point is like no, nobody played well. He just played. He he just didn't play badly. I think he's splitting um, hairs there. Dave. He looked good <laughs> on corners, made a few good saves, saved a one-on-one. Oh, why don't you just marry him? All right. <laughs> um, the other, the other, the, the rest of them. I, I think they were all poor. Yeah. Again, I don't understand why when you're struggling to break a team down like like Oxford. Why we aren't playing 10, 15 yards up the pitch. They don't have the pace to beat our centre-halves. And if we can move further up the pitch, it means that um, our midfield and our attack will have the ball more often closer to their to their their box. And you just hem them in because it's Oxford United. They're going to make defensive mistakes if you put pressure on them. As we did against um, Rochdale, we... Put them under pressure early doors, and we 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 forced errors, and we didn't do that against Oxford, and I don't know why. 
Sean Longstaff, I don't know what's happened to him this season, but he no. hasn't had a, a really good game yet. Um, He's looked a shadow of the player he was last year. Yeah, um, which is a, a crying shame because I, I... I think the thing with Oxford, we, we've said it a lot over the last few years, and that Roch... Was it Rochdale or Rotherham? Was it Ro- yeah. Rochdale. That game is the only one where we've dominated a side, really. We don't know what to do with the ball. We don't know how to break teams down. If a Which team cr- sets up like we do, just to be tight and defensive we've got no options or no answers to it no and which is frustrating when you have the the vision and the passing ability that john joe shelby possesses you have the invention and dynamism of almiron and st maximum and you've got the well you had the 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 width provided by wing backs like yedlin or Mankio or willems and the flag castration capabilities of, uh, <laughs> of Matt, Matt Ritchie. Ritchie. You've got all of those tools in your arsenal. Why can't you break a team? Like... But we don't try to break them down as a thing. No. We, we pass it sideways, get it to a centre-back and hoof it Oof. diagonally to Joe Linton, and... who at any level isn't going to be a decent target man. No. and like Andy Carroll could operate in that. In in that setup, but we can't rely on him because he will sh- get injured. I'm going to shock you, Dave. Andy Carroll is currently out injured. Oh, that's such a blow. You know, just a blot on his otherwise perfect record. To be honest, I already think we've got more minutes out of Andy Carroll this season than I thought we ever would. Yeah, by no, some that's distance. Fair. I'd like him to score before his contract yeah. ends, but um, I'd be surprised if he was fit enough to get sufficient run in the in the first team so that he can be match fit so that he can score a goal. Well our strikers between them this season in what was it, thirty odd games have come up with one goal. So I'd like yeah. any of our strikers to score. Which is why again I return to against against the uh, Everton and against um Oxford. When you've got young strikers available like Elias Sorensen and Tom Allen, like give them a go. Like, but that's what's, they're what not the, good young strikers though. They can't like they can't get a game on loan in League One. So they're not. You no, but they, you can't. That could be because the team that you're loaning them to is in a relegation battle and they want to rely on their experienced striker who can hold up the ball and they're not playing football. It could be that or it could be they're a bit shite. It it could be, but then... I don't don't know, I never really buy that argument of what's the worst that can happen because the worst that can happen is their dog shit and their career's over before it starts. I'm not not saying start them against... um, a top side. I mean, Everton. Maybe you could say they're a top side, but don't start them. But give them, give them twenty-five minutes at the end of a game, and then, at the very least, those kids will be flying around that pitch like an annoying wasp. And we've seen players who've done nothing for the rest of their career have an impressive debut, or get a few, like a couple of goals across the space of a few substitute appearances. We've seen it happen. Dave, I'm I hate not... to paraphrase Alan Hansen, but you win nothing with wasps. <laughs> Look, if yeah, if we had a fucking Marcus Rashford, 
coming through the ranks, yeah, I would be like, no, start him because he's clearly good enough. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying that Joe Linton is our only fit striker, I think. Oh, um, Dwight, is Dwight Gale still injured? I, I think, think he's he still injured, yeah. Yeah, so he's our only fit striker, so we have no other options. I'm not saying start, uh, like, bring on Alliance Sorensen ahead of a fully fit Andy Carroll. Or... I would rather see Fabian Share up front. <laughs> and Steve Bruce even said he was considering bringing on a centre-back to play up front, I think, at the end of the Oxford game. That's ridiculous. I mean, that is, is just because he's got no ideas. Well, yes, maybe. it's ridiculous because with, with the, the... You don't like visionaries, do you, Dave? You don't like people Even who dare to think outside the box. I tell you what we could have done is um, taken off Joe Linton <laughs> and played with uh, no striker and we could have attacked them by pulling them out, like drawing them out with the movement of St. Maximin and Almiron Atsu, Richie, all of those players dropping a little bit deeper and just ping, like draw them out and that would free up a bit of space behind the Oxford back line that you can hit with a, a longer ball over the top of them. Or it, if they don't come out and press these players, these are the players who should have the capability to bypass an Oxford United um, defence when they're attacking them at pace. So, I've got a hunch, Dave, that you've been having recent tactical success on Football Manager. Would that be fair? Yes, but not by playing that. <laughs> no but you know why? Because I was good and I won the league, and then I bought better players, and now I don't have to play defensive stupid football. Well, <clears throat> we may never get there, or we'll discuss that in a bit. But the positives from the Oxford game, we're not out Go of on. the FA Cup yet. <laughs> we're into yeah, the true. draw for the next round. We got If we get through, West Brom away, I don't think we'll get a better chance to get to the quarterfinals than we've got now. No, I'd... I think you'll... If you if you were told you have to beat two teams, one of them one league below you, one of them two leagues below you, to get to the quarter-final of the FA Cup... I'd rather face Norwich than West Brom. I wouldn't. Look what happened last definitely... time we faced Norwich. <laughs> no, but I'd, I would rather face a team struggling at the bottom of the Premier League than one leading the Championship. Because the Championship team is used to winning. The... The um, Premier League club will be used to losing and also will probably prioritise the league because being relegated is, you know, devastating. I see what you're saying. I think we'd better rattle on because we've still got stuff to cover. So we're going to take a quick break after which we will answer your questions and talk takeover news right after these messages. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Dave Watson, you still there? I am. I'm about halfway through a pizza. Ooh, what are you going for? What topic? Can I guess the toppings? Yes. Is it pepperoni? Um, yes, there is some pepperoni on there. Ooh, is it a multi-topping? It is many toppings. Okay, I'm going to go some form of peppers. No. Ooh, mushroom. Not mushroom on a pizza, you savage. I'm having savage. a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, not with pepperoni. Uh, some form of onion. See, what you've done is you've moved away from the meat situation. That was folly. 
You've gone full meat. Goose. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, uh, salami, there's ham, and pepperoni. Wow. It's one of those um, uh, Sainsbury's taste the difference. Oh, it's dead good. It's nice. But anyway, shall we ans- ask, answer some questions? Should we go take over first? So we, I'm reluctant to even talk about it because we've been here several times before. And now we're being told, as we have been several times before, that this takeover looks more likely than ever before. Yeah. Talk me through it. Who's looking to pump their funds into us? <laughs> um, we're looking to be pumped by uh, Prince... Oh, God, that's embarrassing. Salmon, I think it is. All we'll look the same to you, do they, Dave? Sorry? All we'll look the same to you, these princes. <laughs> All the princes look the same. Um, so it's essentially it's uh, the Saudi royal family. Um, nice uh, bunch of lads, from my yeah, belief. Um, I think so. I, I'll cut to the chase. That yeah. So there's the PIF, which is the um, the Prince's Investment Fund, or the, the, basically it's an investment fund run by this this prince. Uh, in addition to that, it's the Rubin brothers who are yes. worth about eighteen point six billion um uh they've got a lot of interest in the northeast already they own the race course and a few other bits and pieces up there and of course amanda staveley i was i was taking this news with less than a pinch of salt until i read that amanda staveley was involved again it seemed i don't know have i just believed Um, all the discrediting of her from last time or is it is it odd that she's involved well, I saw a piece on um, by Martin Samuel who uh, he was asking, "Oh, why why would somebody worth that much need a fixer? Why would somebody want to give up?" A, it's like you have no idea about in like business dealings on that scale, do you, Martin? Because I like you've met a guy, Paul, who does that very job for uh, companies who are looking to buy airports or oil refineries or blah blah blah. Yes, Matt Roper. Oh, he right. does. Yeah, he works. He does that, and not to the same degree. And he's, you know, he's a member of the team rather than the the figurehead. But also, Amanda Slavery did it for the Man City job. Yeah, it did she, seem she, a particularly she, dense argument from Martin Samuel. Yeah, it just it just screamed ignorance, and it screamed like he was trying to piss on people's chips. Well, which, is it ignorance because he's he was the last journalist to be granted an interview with Mike Ashley? So there is always the chance it's coming out through him. I mean, you're being generous calling that rim job of an interview. He was just... He was copying Mike Ashley's spheres while doing that. Gorgeous image. (laughs) (laughs) How's that meaty pizza tasting now? (laughs) But no, it's... Look, look, Samuel, take... So my right, so that that's who's buying, who's wants to buy, who's reported to want to buy us. Apparently, there are other two other bidders. One is to be is is rumored to be a Russian group yes, or individual, and I, d- I don't know what the hell that's about. I've I've not heard of anything. Uh, well, the way about things that. seem to have happened, from what I can see, is this takeover has been going on in the background, and then yeah. it suddenly leaked out that it might be close to happening. Mm-hmm. And then that apparently is Mike Ashley kryptonite. As soon as news comes out, he's 
suddenly right. angry. But then in response to that, all these leaks, clearly from his side, of these other people that are interested come out. Yeah, because the other the other party that's rumored is that Orleggi group, the um, Orleggi group, the um, the Mexican group, and of all the bidders, that's the one I'm more interested in because it opens the door to some spectacular punning. Yes, and that's what I'm here for. And um, the Mexicans don't tend to have crucifixions and beheadings as part of their state which would be a much more comfortable takeover oh yeah the, like mexican like rich mexicans are, are famously um hands off kid gloves aren't they there's, yeah. there's no there's no mexicans i can think of who are fabulously wealthy and also um murderous assholes yeah but no, um, they're not the ones going to be taken as over it's not going to be the Medellin Investment Fund <laughs> taking over Newcastle. <laughs> Here's the thing, let's go hypothetical. If we are bought out and part of that money is from the Saudi Royal Family Investment Fund, what is it, sports washing, it gets called. Yes. Pretty much. How comfortable with that are you going to be? I'm fine. Really? Yeah. I don't know uh, if I, I, t- I am. I'll tell, tell you why. Because... It completely has flown under the radar that Sheffield United are owned by another branch of exactly the same family. Nobody gives a shit. That doesn't make this, it right, though. I think no, all no, the no. arguments I've heard from Newcastle fans for why it's not bad is, well, Man City do it or Sheffield United do it. It's still inherently wrong. But then also the other side is it's not really fair on us for our team to be taken over by these people and, and told, go along with it. And I don't think it's up to... Um, football fans of a particular club to to take a stand against the, the Saudi royal family when the country where that club operates is fully in bed with Saudi Arabia. It, it, it's rank hypocrisy for anybody to criticise um, that branch of the Saudi royal family buying a football club. Um, it's just because, A, they wouldn't complain if it was their club. B, I think some would. I think... I don't. I don't think I am because I think yes, there are, there's some may do, and there will be some members of the Newcastle fan base who who won't accept it and and say well, I'm not. I'm having nothing to do with that. And fair play to them, you know. If that's what your heart tells you, then you crack on, son. But it's not. It's not going to change anything. If if the Newcastle fans would be up in arms and say we're not going to be bought out by that by that outfit then that outfit will go off and buy somebody else and it you know it won't make it won't change their ways and nor will it make Newcastle United fans win a fucking badge it's just it's it's preposterous to me people getting up in arms about it and i'm not saying you're getting I up don't up, think it's people, preposterous it's clearly wrong it's, and to just say well it's wrong but it's allowed so what can i do is no but i, I think it's wrong and I think it's uh, it's allowed, and there's nothing that, that we can do. But I I think that I don't I don't have like I don't think my my reticence or my my concerns about them as a as a as a ruling party like ruling party of a, of a country. I, I don't think it's it's going to change just because they own my football club, and I don't think that I'm going to. I don't think the the FA Cup that we invariably like we're definitely going to win in 2022 is going to be tainted by the fact that we're, we're owned by a group with let's say uh colorful i don't know uh, i feel uh, like man city are tainted 
by their They're tainted because they're rich. They're not tainted because the where the money's come from. No, I think to me they are. I think they don't. I think to some Man City fans they are as well. I'd, I'd say it's because they're rich. It's the same as it's the same as um, people trying to say that uh, uh, that Chelsea um, bought the league and they did. They didn't really. They weren't complaining so hard that Abramovich has question marks out over how he acquired all his money, and I'm I'm pretty confident that it wasn't all by fair means. No, but I, this this is the problem with football fans. Is that false equivalence of like if someone's done wrong then it's as bad as what's going on Abramovich has shady background to where his money's come from mm-hmm. definitely but he's not murdered journalists in the Saudi embassy in Turkey he's not beheaded and crucified people no, he's not yeah. the main terror hotbed for the Middle East I, look is he? Valid we could have an exclusive here Dave <laughs> You do make valid points, but you ask me, and I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't rankle me. It doesn't upset me. I, I don't think that them owning a football club, whoever that football club is, I don't think it, it will blind people to the things that they've done because the people who won't care then are the same people who don't care now. It's not going to change anybody's mind about the the, the regime. It's not going to. Um, I mean, there's a couple of points to add. Is that I. These firmly held views of mine will disappear if this takeover happens because I'm a fucking idiot, is the main thing. But also, this takeover isn't going to happen. Yeah. No takeover will ever happen. (laughs) So where are you in percentage-wise? 20% it'll happen, I think. 80% nothing. Again, it's very convenient timing. We desperately need a striker and the transfer window shuts in seven days. And then... The takeover the, circus comes to town. Yeah, I think I'm I'm about twenty five percent that it'll happen because uh, just a few of the things that I've read that struck a chord with me. Things like the accountants being told that Newcastle would be removed from the books, um, or to expect that um, the due diligence and proof of funds has already been completed by again reported to have been completed. Nothing from the uh, Saudi group, and uh, nothing, you know, no denial from uh, Mike Ashley. And There's then definitely less obstacles to this one than there are to previous ones. But the same one obstacle is there, yeah. which is Mike Ashley and whether he actually wants to sell. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's where it, every that's where the seventy five percent that it's not going to happen mm. comes from, because. He stated, oh, I'm not going to sell. Somebody will have to come in with, with an extra zero on the end of their, their, you know, their wealth than me. I want somebody who can take Newcastle forward. I don't want to sell just to time wasters. I want this. I want that. If nothing else, this, the, if, if it is this, per, this, this Saudi um, prince and he has the wealth that's reported, he's got two zeros on the end of his bank account and those two zeros could definitely take Newcastle United forward. The fact that the Rubin brothers are involved reportedly means that there is local investment uh, brothers who are interested already in the region and all of these things are are 
they're knocking down his usual bluffs and nonsense. And this thing, like you, you touched on earlier, the, oh, it's leaked, so I'm furious, so the deal might be off kind of situation. Bollocks. Somebody leaking it in the press is not, because if proof of funds and, and due diligence and all that's been completed as reported, then so have like the rough, um, uh, like head of terms, if it's not a signed document yet, it's a rough idea of how much he's going to sell the club for and stuff. If, he, if they're going to give him 340, 350 million for a club, he's making a hundred million pound profit. He's getting this, getting out of the football game. Well, rather, he's getting away from Newcastle, where he is not loved, yeah. not resp- I think, I think there's, there are no obstacles in the path other than he doesn't want to sell us. And if he doesn't want to sell us. Anybody turning up to a match wants their fucking head red. Fair enough. I think as well, the other, the other thing you hear at every takeover, and does seem to be true, is if it's out in the press, it's not happening. And there's not many takeovers of clubs where it has been reported before it's happened. These things tend to just happen. Yeah, it only I seems think... to be reported when snags are hit. This... This but information no, leaking out seems to be an attempt to get Mike nobody, Ashley into action. But nobody has bought a club from Newcastle from Mike Ashley. I, I I don't believe that all these other owners of clubs have um have dug their heels in as much as him, been as obstinate as him, been as demanding and capricious as him. I don't I can't think like Oyston at Blackpool took ages to get rid of him, ages, and he dug his heels in, and it was all over the press. Um, Dutchelet at... Um, fuck, where's Dutchelet? Is it, is it Charlton? I have no anyway. idea. It sounds like a, a Dutch holiday let business. <laughs> but, he, you know, it's struggling to get rid of him. Like, the really bad owners that you only know about because they're bad owners, you probably couldn't tell them, you know, who plays up front for them or anything. They're the ones where it's played out in the media and it takes fucking ages. Because these are the guys that don't care about the club. They don't, they don't, they're not looking for the best possible person to sell it to. They're looking for the best possible deal for them. So yeah. what's holding up this, if it is true like, that they're interested in all the rest of it, if all of that's true, the only thing that stops Mike Ashley from selling this club is Mike Ashley. If he, Fair enough. If I'm going to have to draw a line under it there, Dave, because okay. we run out of time. Right. Let's move on to your questions, listeners. I've had a few this week. Nice. Where are they? Michael Galloway says, mm-hmm. discuss what, in your opinion, Mike Ashley's go-to orders are at all the big fast food chains. Top three for each chain, excluding Domino's. It's a weird caveat there, Michael. I don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to go through all of them. You pick a chain, I'll pick a chain. All right, I'll go for um, a KFC. Ooh. There is zero chance he's not ordering it in a bucket. I'll give yeah. you that much now. <laughs> It's got to be like a family bucket for himself with all the sides, apart from sweet corn, because that's kind of healthy. Yeah. So it's just beans and uh, cookies and whatever else they do. So, yeah, family bucket for one. And I'll go Papa John's, a bucket full of pizzas. (laughs) I think whatever the restaurant is, he's having it in a bucket. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. David Stratton asks, who will we sign this week? Left-back and striker are musts, but fear none will arrive. 
also what's happened to Sean Longstaff? Uh, to answer the last question, I don't know. Could be he's bottling it after injury and he's not. Yeah, we've sort of covered be, that I earlier, know. I think. Haven't yeah. We? Um, who will we sign this week? I would be. Is Danny Rose on the cards? That keeps getting mentioned. No, his wages are huge and he wants to play for like, well, he wants to play for a club that's not um, a bit of a calamity. So He's picky, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but it, I think it's the wages that it would be a stumbling yeah. block for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't sign anybody. Because yeah. trying to get a striker in the January window, one that's scoring goals... We were linked today hard. with... Is it Adebayor? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, is he still playing? He's a free transfer, but I can't imagine that. Would it be any worse than Joel Linton? Possibly. Who knows? Yes, because Reverend Joe all... Kinsella. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Personally, my favourite Reverend. I don't know about you. Maybe <clears> on the future of Steve Bruce. Can we see him being in the post long term? I'm happy to say I was wrong about him. Massively sceptical when he took over, but he's done a really good job. Um, that's a lot of praise for a guy who has delivered some of the worst performances I've ever seen. Look at the points, though, Dave. Oh, fuck the points, man. Well, that's not how football works. It's right, the there was a... Oh, who was it? I forget. Basically, there was a, a, a European manager was interviewed after a game, and he was he said, oh, you must be happy with that. And he's like, no, not really. We didn't play well. It was pretty poor, blah, blah, blah. We said, well, but points matter. He's like, there are some resultistas. Do you know who? It's not a result. It's, it's called being a winner. Roy Keane would never be like, well, the result didn't matter because of how we played. He, no, he would say that. Anyway, the point is that Bruce is doing Bruce is doing better than we were expecting. But then this is a really fucking weird league, and it's a really weird season for Newcastle United specifically. There is no way we should have got. Like we should have got maybe one point out of the last two league games, and we somehow, somehow got four. This is bizarre. We are overachieving with Bruce, and you're slating him for it, which is so bizarre. I'm not. Look, he's he's just a joke. He's not a good football manager. He is so lucky, and he's been lucky for the majority of the season. He's not a good football manager. If he can't get a tune, I didn't think I'd have to say this again. You're an ostrich. (laughs) <laughs> he's not playing the. He's not playing Joe Linton in the proper role, and he's persisting with the poor kid. So he's getting like bastard every game. There is a chance, he, Dave. This may shock you. Joe Linton might just be a shit footballer. It does happen be, even for forty him. million. Well, who then have a, have a different idea. Have have another plan. You still got Muto on the books. You still got Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll. They haven't been fit. But then, Dave, I don't think you can just... call him tactically inept when your plan B is to field literal wasps. <laughs> I have that on the record that you said that. <laughs> the stripey bastards. Right, we've um, got to wrap up. So how much do you think FCB, is Andy Sheldon, how much do you think FCB actually paid for Joel Linton? Because it's obviously not the £40 million that's been quoted to suit his agenda. No, I've, I've seen a lot about this being a dodgy deal, but um, there's a German Newcastle fan who I follow on Twitter, he was saying if there was dodgy dealings, it, that would knacker the reporting for, I think it was Hoffenheim, and it would be all over the press. There's, there, It's not dodgy, it's just, just bad. really, really bad. 
Um, Cal Stangroom asked, uh, asks, do you still get that little bit excited every time you see the daily tabloid rumours of us being taken over by a mysterious trillionaire or signing Lionel Messi, or is it literally only me now? For I think, me, it's like buying a lottery ticket. I'm going to allow myself a little daydream about who we're going to buy with all these millions, what we're going to do with all these millions, but I know it's never going to happen. Yeah. I think fool me twice a season, five seasons in a row. Shame on me. <laughs> I don't get that excited anymore. Peter Dars asks, read the most likely bollocks rumours of Rafa being reinstated if a takeover went through. Would you have him straight back? I certainly don't want Bruce and his terrible, unsustainable, point-pinching football long-term. Was this written by you, Dave? But I think Rafa is in the past and would keep Bruce short-term. I don't think... uh, I wouldn't mind Rafa back, but again, you're thinking if you're going to invest loads in a squad with a takeover, he's not the most expressive footballing manager. And if you're really ambitious and as a manager like Pochettino, unattached that would seem to make a lot more sense. Yeah, uh, I think Pochettino, like, again, in, this is in the world of fantasy, but Pochettino in at the, uh, the at the soonest possible moment, absolutely. I don't know if we could convince him to come straight into what would be a, a period of huge tumult. But here's an idea, again, in the world of fantasy, bring back Benitez, and um, give him like the run of the gaff uh, until the end of the season. And um, if it's till then, the end of the season, uh, then, keep Steve Bruce, surely. But then no. But then um, get. <laughs> You're mad, uh, Dave. You're mad. I'm not mad. We're in ex- we're in the same league position as we were last season. We're playing worse football. So bring in the manager who was in that position last season. Who's better? Yes. So it's we get thin um, margins. The, <laughs> bring in, bring back Benitez, and then uh, offer him a, a more senior role, like a director of football role, and move him upstairs. Or King, and then he, he seems to be in your mind, King Rafa. <laughs> Jordi Ash but, says, "I was yeah. at the football on Saturday, and everyone except possibly Miggy and Darlow were awful. One player who I was especially disappointed with was Richie. He's usually so angry and vocal, and you'd have expected him to be a leader, but I forgot he was even on the pitch." I think that's a fair point. Again, though, I don't yeah. think he stood out as worse than any others, and he is coming back from injury. Yeah, I think it's it's really difficult to to um, pull him up for his um, lack of effort because it's something that he does every game. Uh, he he didn't have a good game, but yeah, he could be coming back from injury, and it the rest of the team were terrible. Um, yeah, it did need somebody to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and nobody did it. Which but is yeah, a shame. I, 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 yeah. And final question: One Up Gaming asks, "Have you guys bought the new top? As it does look nice." No, no. I will not be buying a Newcastle top until the fat man's gone. Same here. Very quickly, we've got Norwich on Saturday. Is that right? Yes. At home. Yeah. Uh, you always ask me. Just it is at the... home. Yeah, because we lost it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Prediction. Um, I'm going to say at home we're going to draw one one. Hey, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to stick with that as well. I mean, they are actually no. Fuck it, they're rock bottom. Uh, I'm going to say one nil to us. Fantastic. Thanks. I think that's everything. Thanks for all the questions, listeners. Yeah. Do send Cheers. in more for next time, and next time you hear us. Fergus may be full-on Ukrainian Bond villain and we may have a new owner. 
Although, yeah. spoiler alert, we won't. So there. <laughs> There's a little bit of negativity in at the end. <laughs> right, I think that's everything. Thank you very much, Dave. Cheers, Paul. Enjoy the rest of your pizza. I will do, mate. And thank you to you, the Natter listeners. Goodbye. Good night, mate. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.